Welcome to Art of the Kickstart, your source for crowdfunding campaign success. I'm your host, Roy Morjan, president of Inventus Partners, the top full-service turnkey product development and crowdfunding marketing agency in the world. We have helped startups raise over $100 million for our clients since 2010. Each week, I'll interview a crowdfunding success story, an inspirational entrepreneur, or a business expert in order to help you take your startup to the next level with crowdfunding. Art of the Kickstart is honored to be sponsored by Backerkit and The Gadget Flow. Backerkit makes software that crowdfunding project creators use to survey backers, organize data, and manage orders for fulfillment by automating your operations and helping you print and ship faster. The Gadget Flow is a product discovery platform that helps you discover, save, and buy awesome products. It is the ultimate buyer's guide for luxury gadgets and creative gifts. Now let's get on with the show. Welcome to another edition of Art of the Kickstart. Today I am joined by Frederick Kraft with Lid. Frederick, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much. So, Frederick, you created this truly innovative bottle that opens only when your lips touch it, so you never spill. This thing is like super well designed, you know, with touch activated access for beverages, you know, to flow in the moment. You know, basically, you want to have a beverage, it comes and doesn't spill anywhere. So, I'm really interested to know where does this all start? What inspired you to create Lid? Well, I remember that moment very clearly. I was up in the Bay Area, San Francisco. And I was literally standing there and holding one of these traditional thermos bottles back in flask, right? And I was thinking, how should I bottle work? Well, you should be able to drink it just like you drink out of a glass. So how do I make that happen? I'm like, okay, well, we take it up and should be able to drink out of it. So I know there was nothing in that sector already because... My family, I have ties with a bottle factory and a manufacturer and distributor since before. So I kind of used to these bottles. And uh, so I felt like, okay, maybe I should make this happen. So then uh, just making the technology to solve this problem. So we met, what, like almost two years ago now? When we were talking about, you know, doing all the, the prep work for it. Yeah, it took some time because I, uh, in between, I... Uh, very shortly after I got that uh, idea, I got a job uh, at Hyperloop. So I was their head of their labs in LA. So then everything stalled for a while. And then the right moment came to, to make this happen. But yes, it was about two years ago we met and uh, started talking about the project. So let's talk about some of that prep work that you did leading up to the Kickstarter campaign. What did that look like? First, you need to research the whole the whole process right so read some blogs and so on and also looking on other campaigns and uh, i think that the biggest insight initially was um how much more work there is than you think like you start people think oh that's cool that's fun let's just throw something out there and see if it sticks no it doesn't work that way there is so much more preparation to it than than people um realize uh, it sounds super uh, super easy at first, but no, it's, it's so much more work than people would think. What were some of the big things you know that you and your team prepared before the launch of the Kickstarter campaign? Well, uh, the main thing that people need to remember is like how to build a audience before, right? And uh, that's where the email list comes in. Uh, we needed to find out a little bit who is the ones who are going to buy it, then how to reach these people. 
in, in our case, we had you guys, right? So you guys could help out with building that email list and finding the audience. You want, you want to build a big audience at a low cost, right? So, so then we worked on, on that for a while, trying to test different audiences and see where that worked. Unfortunately for us, you guys had already worked a little bit with bottles, so, so that made it easier to, to get started. But yeah, there was a lot of prep material that needed to be done before to send to you guys. Um, a lot of it also comes down to what kind of branding do we want to create for your company? Because all these things need to be done before you do the Kickstarter, so you have an idea of how, how to talk to the audience. And then also, even though we prepared for almost two years now, there's still a lot of work just to get into production, right? We had our prototypes. I think we did like 60 prototypes before because sure, you can you can probably do a Kickstarter and throw something out there with just a concept. But after that, I would take forever to get something to the, to the backers and they, they won't like that. I'm fairly sure of that. If they, there's so many products out there that have failed and I think a lot of it from my perspective is that they didn't do the work needed before to see if you actually can build this product, that you can ship it and get an idea of what it will cost. And I think that was also a big chunk of our work, like build the prototypes, talk to the factories, and even get the quotes on how much it would cost to, to take this to production and, and sign the manufacturing contracts, all those things, right? So we did all this before we had our Kickstarter some of it, I guess, during the Kickstarter, but most of it was done way before, actually. Visiting the factory, all these things needed to be done. And uh, all the prototyping and so on, and that, that took a long, long time. I remember even slept on a bus floor in the middle of the winter outside the lab to be able to get into the, the lab as soon as possible as it opened in the morning. So there's a lot of hours that people don't see that's outside way before. So... Yeah, I think a lot of people think that the Kickstarter campaign is the uh, beginning to the end. And really, it's just the beginning to the beginning, right? You know, in terms of all the work that really goes in after the campaign. Because like you said, you know, our agency, Inventus Partners, has been working with you for such a long time. And, you know, again, the campaign, you know, was recently successful. Over $110,000 came in. Over 1,600 backers came in that, you know, we were able to convince through, you know, a, a single page Kickstarter campaign and a video that this technology was better than what they may currently have and having them overcome all of those fears. Yeah, no, I think the, the things that I learned the most that I didn't have an eye, well, I had an idea, but I didn't understand before how much it goes into is the engagement with the users, right? Because you have so much other things going on all the time. Your, your mission is not to die you're doing a startup right because there's so many things that can happen along the way so you, you're overwhelmed with all this information going on all the time and then at the same time you need to be engaging with the backers and having a conversation going on show that you're not only building the product you're also engaging with them and that that was a little bit of a wake-up call that we needed to really focus on this during the kickstarter at the same time as you try to like finish the other stuff up for production. So I think that was my biggest takeaway is like, all right, we really, really need to be on it with engagement early on. Absolutely. So yeah, talk, talk to me a little bit about your experience with your backers, you know, throughout the campaign. 
with their feedback? How much did you get? How did you manage it? As well as, you know, getting ready for manufacturing. Yeah. So as I said, initially, we wasn't that good on engaging, but we learned quickly and we got it up and we were on the messages and we tried to have half, maybe half an hour. That was about the shortest we could get on, on response time. Uh, sometimes initially the messages could lay for too long, but we learned how to handle that. And then, um, yeah, so then and when we started getting that, uh, we started building up. We had help from you guys for the emailing list uh, that we, we reached out to these people. We built the emailing list of 13,000 people, which is considered. Now, what we also realized is like how much of the sales that comes from the Kickstarter platform itself. So being able to engage people on Facebook and also on the, the, the community that we had built up where people can go into our page and follow us and, and see what we're saying, right? That, that was very important and being able to answer the questions that people had. What we did and still do is that we started building up a list of questions and uh, comments that, that recurring so we can figure out what, what pain pain do people feel about not only the, the problem that we're solving, but also how can we answer their questions about what they think about the product, for example. Um, how do you charge the product? How uh, will it uh, leak? Like these reoccurring questions, we have very well motivated answers for these, but how do you make them know the, the answer early on? So tailor your page a little bit as we go towards that and FAQ questions, we can answer those early on. So the faster you can answer this backers questions and and wonder if this problem fits them, the faster you can close the sale with them or specifically that they would back your product. So I think that's something that we, we learned along the way too. So now we have a good, good database of what is it that people are wondering when they see this product, right? So uh, that, that's something that's been valuable so far. So talk a little bit about your experience with Kickstarter Live. How did you guys end up preparing okay. for it? What happened there? And then, uh, you know, what should other creators know before they do their own Kickstarter Live? I think that was a lot of fun to start with. Uh, this was a first chance to be more directly interactive with the users, not just writing a message but we were me and me and cal uh, our sales manager we're on there and uh, people throwing questions at us and what we found there was a great opportunity that was that we were in this uh, maker space actually called the lsei uh, which is a clean tech accelerator and uh, this gave the, uh, the backers the opportunity to see the space that we work working in create a closer connection to us too. Now, preparation was, well, the, the questions that we've seen before uh, on, on our uh, social media and, and the Kickstarter, those, you should know those, the, the answers to those. And what we also found was that some of the questions might not be super relevant to our product uh, future, at least not at the moment. For example, we had a test where people actually asked about if the bottle would uh, hold the carbureted drinks. And understandard uh, for all bottles, I have not seen anyone yet, but as far as I know, most of the bottles out there 
say that they don't hold carbureted drinks. Uh, I can see many reasons for it, like if you push uh, the opening and it sprays out or whatever. But for for the fun, for the sake of it, we we throw in a test there during this campaign, uh, during this live, um, and and that uh, that was appreciated. So so it might be things where you can do a little bit more fun stuff that might not be the, the end result or product, but it's a way to interact with, with your backers. Absolutely. So what's the biggest thing that you've learned throughout the whole process of finally launching a Kickstarter campaign? The biggest thing? Preparation. <laughs> the more you do before, the better. Like uh, we, we raised around 110,000. Well, well, and one more thing that I would probably bring bring on to the table is that the more you have prepared for the initial days, that's that's where where the action is gonna happen. We had uh, let's see here, so maybe four, five, six, maybe eight days, somewhere on there into the campaign. Had a search where we're selling for our back is putting I think ten thousand dollar a day. And so everything just took off. And I think that happened because that's when we started getting the engagement uh, from our side with the backers. And also we got a lot of the PR done. And so, uh, yeah, a lot of the preparational work, you need to have the PR contacts. Now we have had a lot of discussion about when you should reach out to this PR. And a lot of it would be uh, not the week before, but at the same time, I, I believe that it could be good also to, if you have a long runway before that, if you have the chance to building a relationship early on with someone that you think that could be very valuable. Last week, I talked to one of the founders of Taxify. It's a European uh, unicorn, billion dollar uh, unicorn. And something that they did that really shows the, how, how the hustle is that they, when they started, they literally called all the uh, journalists in the area. This was in Estonia, and and they called around all of them and didn't hang up the phone and let them hang up the phone until they promised to, to write something. Now maybe that's not not a trick here, but uh, it shows you how you can really hustle with with the journalists and and get get people on. Um, I think that's something for for back for for uh, founders when they're gonna do this. It's like is as with all startups, it's really to hustle and, and be on it, doing, doing all the hacks that you can. So what tip would you have for someone looking to crowdfund their product innovation? My tip, yeah, well, I think this is most, one of the most obvious ones, but it's so important, is the, the getting the friends and family to, to be there and help you on uh, early on, uh, not only for the first uh, hours of the campaign, which you should have, but also then uh, get them involved, see the feedback throughout the project, because you're going to need support in all ways, like contacts, uh, <laughs> so even emotional support, right? Because it's going to be a roller coaster. Like, like I don't know, Roy, what is the, the stati- statistics on, on how many projects that succeed on Kickstarter? It's very low. Very, very low. Yeah, <laughs> yeah so... so you're going to need all the support you can get. You have friends and families that believe in your product and, and you, most likely, that's going to be very, very important. That's 
one of the biggest things. So a lot of the preparation work with your friends and family. Absolutely. Definitely. All right, Frederick, this is going to get us into our launch round where I'm going to rapid fire a handful of questions at you. Go for it. Let's do this. So what inspired you to be an entrepreneur? You know, growing up, I always know that I wanted to do something with a startup and I, I just know it. It's, it's been, I would say it's in my blood, but <laughs> not, not by my family. It's more like I know that I'll, I'll most likely be in California uh, to have, have a startup there, especially in technology and so on. When I was six years old, I wanted to be a neuroscientist. Fairly soon, I realized that we don't know shit about the brain. So computer science, that way technology became the path. Got it. So since you're in sunny California, what entrepreneur would you share a beach blanket with? Well, obviously, the, the ones right now, I think as an engineer, Elon Musk is, is a great example. It's very inspiring to all, the, all entrepreneurs out there and show how hard you have to work, but also the rewards that you can do, not only cash, but also more on a mission to, to make life better for all all humanity. Uh, if we go back a little bit of the time, I would say that uh, the actual Edison is a kind of cool project, uh, product, cool, cool character. So um, yeah, I think those those are the ones. <laughs> nice. What would have been your first question for Edison? Oh, uh, <laughs> I think it would be the same that I got before. How how did you come up with the the, the idea like what well, give you the, the the light bulb like of innovations like and where did it start for you yeah what book would you recommend to our listeners lean startup good last question frederick what does the future of crowdfunding look like i think that the credibility is a big issue right because so many products fails yeah i i, I can imagine where they both in the gogo and kickstarter is working very hard with this and I can imagine that they, they're trying to find models where they can make sure that the products will succeed. And there's many of them where you can get certified and uh, you, you guys have support programs and so on. But I think there will be more of a selective process in the future uh, for them to build up their credibility for the brand. Now, you don't want to exclude products either. So, so we'll see. Maybe they will do some uh, pre-selection, pre-testing, pre-startups uh, programs where, where they see, all right, uh, this product has some good traction and it, uh, it's allowed to, to continue to the next step where, where the series funding would come in. Uh, maybe some initial test on it. I don't know much. Maybe that's not the model, but, but I think that they, they need to work more on the credibility so people feel like, okay, this is something that this product is going to happen. Uh, if I put in money, then, then, I, then I'm sure, more sure about it. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Frederick, this has been awesome. This is your opportunity to give our audience your pitch, tell people what you're all about, where people should go, and why they should check you out. Lead bottle. Uh, it's the bottle will make you in safe in all situations. Never spill again. Now you can check us out on leadbottle.com and uh, there you can Follow the links to get your own bottle and stay safe wherever you are, in the car, the bus, or in the office. So check it out.
Awesome. Well, Frederick, thanks for being on the show. Audience, thanks for tuning in. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com for the notes, the transcript, links to the campaigns and the website and the product and everything else we talked about today. And of course, thank you to our crowdfunding podcast sponsors, The Gadget Flow and BackerKit. Frederick, thank you so much for being on Art of the Kickstart. Thank you. Have a great day. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Art of the Kickstart, the show about building a business, world, and life with crowdfunding. If you've enjoyed today's episode, awesome. Make sure to visit artofthekickstart.com and tell us all about it. There you'll find additional information about past episodes, our Kickstarter guide to crushing it. And of course, if you love this episode a lot, leave us a review at artofthekickstart.com slash iTunes. It helps more inventors, entrepreneurs, and startups find this show and helps us get better guests to help you build a better business. If you need more hands-on crowdfunding strategy advice, please feel free to request a quote on inventuspartners.com. Thanks again for tuning in, and we'll see you again next week.